Welcome to the Conversations with Jesus podcast. I'm Johnny Lehman, a baptized man of God who has the amazing blessings of being a husband, father, and the pastor at Divine Savior Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. This podcast is designed to bring you the self-sacrificing love of Jesus found in the Bible through 15 to 20 minute episodes that focus on relevant life issues and what God has to say about them. Check out our website, DivineSaviorChurch.com, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages if you would like to find out more about the incredible things that God is doing through our church family. It's hard to believe, but this journey through Proverbs is almost at its end. We have two more weeks looking at this incredible book of the Bible. And this week specifically, the topic we're going to learn more about from the book of Proverbs is heartache. We've all been there at some point in our lives. Loss of a job, loss of a friend, loss of a, of a family member, savings, health, leisure, ability, whatever loss it is, it, it creates a void capable of destroying the human spirit. Left unchecked, a person can experience physical, emotional, moral, existential, and philosophical effects long after the event has occurred. So this week we're going to learn what Proverbs has to say about the true nature of heartache and the only thing that will remove it. These are the Proverbs we're going to be especially considering today as we look at heartache. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can share its joy. Even in laughter, the heart may ache, and rejoicing may end in grief. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. The discerning heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. The human spirit can endure in sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. This is God's word. A few months ago, uh, I was sitting in the living room of a veteran. But I could tell his mind and heart were in a different time, a different place. He looked past me to the pictures covering the wall, inviting me into a world he once knew. The first time he saw his wife, his high school sweetheart from across the science lab. And in her eyes, he saw the future he never thought he could have. He said, I, I still don't know how she fell for a country bumpkin like me. He wanted to be her hero. And he was convinced the army would make him just that. And so he volunteered for the Vietnam War. When he came back, he didn't receive a hero's welcome at all. In fact, he, he hid the fact that he'd even served. And his family life was nothing like the vision he once had. As he sat with me, I could see nostalgia all around, pulling him back to a hope that could never be recovered. I think you and I know in part what that's like. Nostalgia, remembrance, it's a powerful thing. It reveals where you are searching for your ultimate hope in life. The Bible tells us that every human being longs for something. In fact, another book about wisdom, Ecclesiastes or Kohelet, 
says it like this. God has also set eternity in the human heart. We know there's something more to our existence. The reason we are drawn to nostalgia, daydreaming back to what once was or what should have been, the reason for that is our hunger for hope. For us to experience the, the healing of our deepest heartaches, to know God's wisdom and how to navigate these complex emotions by His grace alone, we need to understand what we're truly longing for. A nostalgia hardwired into us for something we've never experienced, and yet it feels strangely familiar. That's where hope comes in. Because as you know, if you don't have hope, you can never heal. Proverbs 15 verse 13 says this, A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. Now often in our culture, we tend to see heartache as something we can overcome with the right technique, with the right specific therapy, but it's way more complex than that. Which is why, praise be to God, that the Bible's approach to heartache is so detailed, holistic, and deep. No other program, process, or procedure can compare. Because the Bible views a person completely. Body, soul, spirit. It's not just a psychological approach, a physiological approach, or a social-emotional approach. It captures the entirety of a person because heartache involves the mind, the body, the soul, and the spirit. In other words, the inner life. So, when we read Proverbs 18.14, we understand the Bible's definition of a person's spirit. This is the verse, The human spirit can endure in sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear. Now, in Hebrew, the word for spirit is also the word for wind. There's an energy there, a force. When it refers to the human spirit, it's talking about passion for life, emotion, your take on life, how to deal with it, all of those things wrapped into one single word. And so a crushed spirit means to look at life and to have no joy and not know how to deal with it, eventually losing all desire to live. A strong spirit, a spirit that's defined and enwrapped by hope, doesn't let circumstances dictate, but lives in hope, which conquers every struggle. But of course, the struggle we have is often we seek hope from within. If we look within for our hope, it's a lost cause because we can't even begin to fully understand ourselves. After all, nobody, not only can no one on this planet say and actually mean, I know exactly how you feel, you and I can't even say that we understand entirely how we feel. Now, things like counseling and psychological therapy, these things are tremendous blessings. But if you don't have hope, it won't do you any good. This is why each of us has our own solitude in life. Because no one can know you at your depths. No one can know exactly how you feel and how you're processing and what you're seeing except for one. Without hope, we're alone. You know what that aloneness is like. The nights alone on your favorite couch, seeing the TV but hearing nothing but your own silence. The grief of losing someone you love. The reliving of trauma. Mourning the loss of physical strength and ability. Wishing you could go back to the past. Staring into the future you always wanted. But knowing it will never be yours. I know this is heavy stuff we're talking about on the podcast this week. I, I know it is. But the unspeakable needs to be spoken. We need to let the Lord into those moments of nostalgia when all we want to do is close our eyes and picture what we wish life was. And that metaphorical dinner table, if you will, 
this is something I think about a lot. This is my own nostalgia coming out. I, I picture a dinner table surrounded by those I love and those who love me, whether they're still here on earth or in heaven. It, those moments in time you think back to when everything seemed to be complete. When you felt like you belonged. And that longing for belonging, it never goes away. Carson McCullers, she is the author of the classic, The Lonely Hunter. She put it like this in an article she wrote for Vogue magazine, I think in 1940. She said, we are homesick most for the places we have never known. It's true. Now, of course, our most lethal enemy, Satan, he knows we have this soul deep longing and he wants to hijack it. We are beings wired for hope, propelled by hope, and existing with hope. He wants us to leave our ultimate hope, the force, the vision, the joy that drives us in life. He wants us to leave all that in the past or in the hypothetical. Leaving us alone in our thoughts, alone in our pain, isolated from God. He wants anxiety to weigh us down, Proverbs 12, 25. He wants our hope deferred, Proverbs 13, 12. He wants us to feed on folly, Proverbs 15, 14. He wants us to waste away. Proverbs 14.30, and unfulfilled desires, and to live a life of constantly running away, which is Proverbs 28, verse 1. But there is one who won't let us run away. One who walks with us in these valleys. One who takes us again and again to the tree. And maybe you noticed throughout our Proverbs today that this tree of life thing kept getting brought up. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a, what? A tree of life. The soothing heart is a, what? A tree of life. But a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Now, why do you think that is? What's this whole deal with the tree of life? Well, in fact, besides these passages in Proverbs, the only other places in the Bible you hear about this tree are in Genesis and Revelation, the very beginning of the scriptures and the very end. But it is at this tree we find the answer to our cosmic nostalgia, if you will, how we, how we miss something deeply, even though we've never had it. It's this tree that leads us through the door to a place we've never been, but where we've always belonged. And it's there alone that our heartache is healed, our loss is regained, and the wisdom of grace finds you. The tree of life once stood in the Garden of Eden, and God said those who ate of it would live forever. What the tree offered, what that tree offered was more than just a never-ending life. It offered a full life, a life where your longings are always satisfied, a life that never disappoints, a life that's whole. But in our sin, we lost it all with only a foggy memory of the life the Lord always intended for us. And so the tree of life became a constant reminder of our fall, our brokenness, our loss. But the tree of life would be given to us again in a way we never could have anticipated. Do you know where we find the tree? I'll let the disciple, excuse me, I'll let, you, I'll let the disciple Peter, I can talk today, I promise. <laughs> I'll let him do the talking. It's really, I need some help right now. This is what he writes in 1 Peter 2, verse 24. This is where we find the tree. He himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. The tree of life, it's the cross. The tree of life in the Garden of Eden that once reminded us of the death of the life we should have had is given to us again. It's given to us again as the Son of God died the ultimate death to give you 
the ultimate life, the ultimate hope. He had his own life and death temptation. Not in the Garden of Eden, but in the Garden of Gethsemane. The choice between life or death. Of course, Jesus chose life for you and for me. And the full circle of the Bible is made complete. It's at the tree of the cross that we find shade in its branches as we walk the valleys of heartache. It's there we see the only one who truly knows you, even more than you could ever know yourself. It's there we find the one who alone can heal your brokenness and give you the hope in this world, the only hope in this world, that will satisfy you. It's in Jesus alone that your heart is given peace. He was crushed so your spirit could be uplifted. He speaks to you the most soothing words of forgiveness, compassion, and cheer. He can see through our motives and redirect us away from the false hope of nostalgia, the lasting hope found at his tree. And do you know what happens when Jesus is your ultimate hope in life? We find in him the answer to our deepest longings. We find in him restoration for what we once lost. We find in him strength when we have none. He tells our confused, nostalgic hearts who we truly are and why we are here. And he points us ahead when we'll get to see the tree of life for ourselves. Not the cross anymore, but the tree of life spoken of in Revelation. Where heartache is no more and joy is all we know. It's our next place called heaven where we'll finally belong, finally be at home, finally have our ultimate hope realized. This is the grace-given competency to navigate the complexity of heartache. You don't let circumstances dictate you. You view them with your Savior at your side. You don't live with Jesus as an abstraction, a picture, or a thought, but as a living, breathing reality to you. He's not a phantom. He is your constantly real hope in every moment. Jesus isn't just reserved for inside church walls. He's there in every room of your home. He's there in the car with you as you're listening to this podcast right now. You bring him into the conversation when your kids had a rough to hit school. You welcome his words as you decide what your next career should be. You pray to him with your husband or your wife when your marriage feels like it's coming undone. You stay hopeful even when you hear that diagnosis because you know He's going to pick you up through His Word and Sacrament. And He's going to restore your spirit when you feel crushed. He gives life to your soul. He heals you. It's a story that Jesus and His grace has blessed me with overhearing so many times. Even in my very young ministry as a pastor. The story of how He brings healing to a heart that never thought it could ever hope again. So that same veteran I mentioned to you earlier, and we started this whole conversation about heartache, it's the same veteran who would go on to say to me a few months later, I have hope every day, because I know I belong to Jesus. He'll make things right. Because you belong to Jesus, there is hope for your brokenness. Because he was once broken on the tree of life we call the cross. And he rose from the depths of the grave to show you that death will not have the final say in your life. And I'm not just talking about physical death. The death of that relationship, even struggling to overcome. The death of that job, losing that job. The death of how you thought life should be. Whatever kind of death you're dealing with, no, it will not have the final say in your life. Because Jesus has conquered death and every last aspect of it. And so we don't live in the ungraspable mist of nostalgia. We live in the ever-present reality of Jesus, our wisdom, 
Jesus, our hope, who will never let you hurt alone. He heals. Amen. I do pray for you, even if I've never met you, I pray that the Lord continue to heal your heartache as you run to Jesus, knowing that he knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly how to strengthen you. My prayers are with you, of course, even more than that, and far more profound than that, as the Lord is with you. And he will constantly walk at your side, healing you as you walk with him. God's richest blessings as you live for him now and always. Thank you.